0: Hello and welcome back to Wisconsin Law in Action, a podcast where we discuss new and forthcoming scholarship with University of Wisconsin Law School professors. I'm your host, Chris Turner, and my guest today, our returning guest, is Professor Jeroen Nilly. Welcome back, Professor Nilly. Thank you,
1: Chris. Good to be back.
0: The pleasure is all mine. Professor Nilly was our first podcast guest and is back now to discuss his newest article that he co-authored with Professor Darren Rosenbloom. The article is called Board Diversity by Term Limits and was published in the Alabama Law Review. So before we dive into the article itself, let's refresh everyone's memories. Uh, tell me a little bit about your professional background and your research interests.
1: Yeah, so I, uh, I research uh, corporate governance, corporate law. Um, I've done my uh, uh, advanced degrees focusing on corporate governance, worked in a law firm in New York for a, a couple of years. And um, I think I have uh, several big strands of research. One of them really relates to uh, the board of directors and board composition which will you know this article is really falls within that scope and then I have a, another set of articles that um, is more focused on uh, shareholder activism shareholder voting um, and, and and things alike like that and uh, hopefully we can talk about one of those projects in the future too
0: I hope so too I I have a feeling that we will do so yes (laughs) I like this we're going to keep on having you coming back and coming back a lot more
1: I'm going Uh, to accrue miles and then uh, (laughs) you know redeem them for a a book from the library
0: okay you just have to return the book eventually Uh, (laughs) (laughs) okay let's pivot to this paper then you said it's about corporate uh, boards so your paper is proposing a new policy that could introduce diversity into corporate boards what are term limits and how do they work
1: yeah so maybe um, just to take one step back um, this is uh somewhat of a follow-up project on an on a article I wrote um, a couple of years ago on um, what I called substantive gender diversity. So I, you know, I started to look at boards um, um, uh, quite a few years ago, and um, um, I had this project um, um, that uh, discussed term limits, and then I had a second project that um, really focused on, on the issue of gender diversity in boards and kind of the roles that women take in the boardroom, so that article really focused on the, the specific roles that uh, women take, but also kind of from working on the data there, um, it was clear that the, 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 the number of women on board is still not at the level that is uh, um, uh, um, appropriate, in, in, in my view at least, and um, um, the combination of those two uh, uh, topics. Term limits and and, and gender diversity were were interesting, because one of the key problems when you talk to people in the in the field about why don't we see enough women getting both positions, one of the things that is hindering that progress is the fact that not enough directors leave their positions. Being a director is is a very lucrative position. You um, get, uh, you know, Obviously the the networking and the recognition is important, it's also pretty well compensated for the amount of time that you need to to put into it. So that's something that is very desirable and directors tend to stay in their position for a long time. If directors don't leave, there are not enough boardroom uh, positions that open and obviously even if you wanna promote more women, it's going to be hard if there, if they, if there's a bottleneck of entry into the boardroom environment. So that kind of sparked the idea of looking at the connection between refreshing the board um, um, through uh, tele limit devices and kind of whether that would lead to uh, a better uh, and more diverse boardroom, both for gender, but also for other attributes as well, um, not to take away from that. Uh, Im- that's an important um, uh, facet of the board as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways that we could potentially introduce that diversity is the term limits. What are some of the debates about the merits of term limits? Yeah,
1: so the, uh, term limits, just to kind of uh, 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 contextualize it in the corporate setting, is um, not much different than what we're talking about in, in, in the political sphere. The question is, should we allow directors to serve on boards um, 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 until they want to leave or until they retire? Or should we have some sort of a cap on the number of years that a director can serve? Um, um, in 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 theory, directors need to and uh, in, in practice too, they need to be re- re-elected every year. But the reality is that directors, uh, because the way the corporate governance system is set up, those uh, directors are usually uncontested. Which means that directors that want to stay on board are, are putting the name for re-election and will be pretty much guaranteed to be re-elected to the board so then the question is should a company force directors out of the boardroom after a specific amount of time and you can think about it in various ways you can have a more strict term limit basically saying let's say that a director needs to live after 10 years of service that director is not eligible to run for another vote you can have a more flexible policy but the the basic notion of term, term limit is basically limiting the amount of time Of some directors on the board to allow new directors to come in and replace them now this has benefits and disadvantages so clearly the benefits are uh, related to um, uh, the ability to bring new voices into the boardroom right so a director that serves for a long time uh, um, may become more complacent may become less um, uh, interested in actually doing their uh, their job more focused on other stuff um, so bringing new uh, f- and fresh blood is important on that front. And, you know, I have a project to kind of highlight this concern as far as the independence of directors. So, you know, um, directors that stay for longer might be less independent uh, than um, directors that are um, um, uh, less connected to the current uh, board and the current executives. Now, it also allows you, especially in the uh, evolving um, economy and technological um, 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 Uh, fields to bring people are much more um, maybe more suited to kind of help the board guide the company into this changing landscape so the ability to bring new blood is also important on the, on the expertise um, level Um, the the the, the the other side of the coin obviously, is that if you force people out of the board, you might lose very qualified people, right? So if you have a very strict, rigid uh, term limit regime, then you have uh, maybe like your best director ever, and then you need to let them go because of this uh, uh, bright line uh, requirement. So that's that's a cost, and companies often raise that cost when they um running, and if you Uh, um, um, let them go and lose that institutional memory that has costs too.
0: It seems like a very fine line to walk. Do you have any examples of how this could be balanced?
1: You may force some directors to live after that specific amount of time and maybe you give the company an option to retain some of them but sacrifice something else. For instance, I mentioned that uh um you you can possibly have a a designation where a director that serves over a specific amount of time can remain on the board but can't be counted as an independent director or can remain on the board and can't serve on some of the specific committees and then you can find this kind of like happy median where the company doesn't have to let go people they view as their best directors ever but they do have to let go some directors um and the love for refreshment so you can find a balancing act that really bridges the gap between those concerns and benefits of uh, refreshment
0: for the empirical part of your study uh what what did your data show what did your research show about gender diversity and just boards in general
1: yeah so what we were trying to understand is what is really kind of the connection between um um transition on the board and improvement of diversity so there's there's this there was a sense and people were talking about it, but I don't think there was enough uh, um, data to support it, that if boards have more transition and, uh, and bring more people in, that will improve diversity. And that, that's an assumption that is not necessarily correct. You can have a scenario where a lot of directors um, are living, but we still bring the same people in. And um, the data showed that basically uh, we found correlation between um, um, the uh, um, Um, transition on the boards so boards that have more refreshment also uh, improve the diversity we specifically also seen boards that had um, what we call the tenure shock so if uh, a significant number of directors have left the board uh, let's say in 2005 then in 2007 we saw a significant improvement in the diversity of the board so it's not exactly causation but it gives us a a better sense that um, a shock to the composition of the board can can uh, improve the diversity of the board, and, and there's a theoretical logic behind it. If the board, if you think about the board as this kind of um, uh, uh, body that has these priors, if we uh, uh, start this refreshment process, it might be easier to kind of bring new voices that uh, would have been not considered under uh, the the pre-existing uh, structure of the board.
0: So this paper arrives in the wake of the Me Too movement. How did this movement inform any of the research or the goal of your paper?
1: Yeah, so I, I think I think my interest in, in gender diversity actually started before the Me Too movement, uh, um, but I think the Me Too movement has really helped um, harness the public attention towards the, the, the issue of gender diversity. Um, all over the map but uh, um, also in the corporate uh, in corporate america and corporate boards more specifically and i think um, um that has led uh, significant institutional investors like um, mutual funds that uh, um, control uh, big stakes in all of the public companies in the united states um, you know state street blackrock vanguard have all kind of indicated they are expecting companies to improve the, the diversity of their boardrooms and i think that you know it can't be disconnected from what we are seeing as far as the co- connection between refreshment and diversity. So, as I mentioned, a board can refresh itself as much as it needs or as much as it wants, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have more women on the board. But now, when you have this both this kind of more refreshment and this pressure to um, to uh, appoint uh, more women to the boardroom, they cannot walk intend them to to improve the diversity of the boardroom. So you need two ingredients. On the one hand, you need to have enough open spots to allow for women to get the uh, positions, but you also need to have this um, public atmosphere and demand to, uh, to have companies that would have not considered women to consider women and appoint them to the boardroom.
0: Mm-hmm. That kind of puts me right into the next question because this brings into the normative aspect of the paper you were talking about. So from the policy standpoint, how would the implementation of term limits work at different levels, either at an industry level or a company level or even at a state or a country
1: yeah so that's a great question i think uh, traditionally in corporate law we don't see a lot of federal involvement so i would say that's very unlikely we do see um, some state law action on the on the issue of uh, gender diversity in boardrooms california is the most notable uh, state where um, they have mandated a specific number of women on companies boards um, they are starting with one, but uh, the transition period uh, in a couple of years, they'll require large companies to have at least three women on the board. This is currently being chan- challenged on the constitutional ground, so we'll see how this plays out. But Illinois also adopted something similar pretty recently. New Jersey is considering something. Massachusetts is considering something. So we see a number of states who are trying to legislate the number of um, uh, women on boards. And, um, To our view, one thing to consider is maybe uh, um, looking at a little bit less uh, in a way of mandating a specific number, but rather mandating the gateways, right? So if a a state adopts some sort of a a term limit regime requiring companies to consider refreshment, that in itself can create a more, um, I would say, holistic and kind of more company sensitive a uh, 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 way to um, improve the diversity of, of of the board without kind of mandating it uh, top to bottom. Um, so I think states can adopt term limits. Obviously, investors can pressure companies to have term limits. We uh, we have data in the paper. There are not a lot of companies that have term limits currently, but there are uh, um, 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 you know a handful of companies that uh, have adopted term limits, and they could serve as a good example how. Uh, investors can um, ask companies to consider adapting some sort of a mechanism to uh, ensure that directors don't stay overstay their uh, port positions, and that's something that we can uh, potentially see increasing in the future too.
0: So while you were conducting your analysis and gathering all this data, were there any surprises that came out during the research or writing process?
1: Well, I think um, um, I, I was surprised to see the scarcity of the use of term limits by companies I would um, you know um, I would have uh, I looked at it uh, probably like I would say 10 years ago um, and uh, the number was low but when I came back to it the number was still very low and I had this sense that that mood might have uh, changed over time and it didn't uh, unlike some other corporate governance uh, arrangements so you know um, to me this is one of the goals of this project is to highlight this tool that investors and, company have, and companies have, uh, that they can use in order to improve the governance uh, of companies, term limits um, shouldn't be disqualified. They obviously are not uh, suitable for every company, and their specific structure can be tailored to the specific needs and, and uh, 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 um, the specific needs of each company. But this is something that I think we should see more companies considering.
0: It's a very familiar tool. Everyone obviously knows term limits for in the, the, the political, sphere. In political yeah. sphere, and it's it is surprising to me that there isn't more of this in the corporate world. But it just seems like it's something that hasn't been introduced for whatever reason. Yet.
1: Yeah, I think I think um, I think this argument of losing really good qualified directors had a lot of sway and still has a lot of sway, and I think. Um, as I mentioned, I think one of the ways to kind of overcome that is to understand that term limits don't have to be as rigid as like they are pretend to be, and we can find a middle way where we are balancing this concern with the benefits of term limits and finding a happy middle,
0: mm-hmm. so to speak. You're, this is perfect. You're leading right into this next question. How do you envision term limits being implemented so that they encourage board diversity?
1: Yeah, so, you know, uh, I guess I, my answer is that um, I'm a big... Proponent of letting companies and investors tell it tell it themselves. There's different um, axes that they can consider: the length, the requirement, whether it's all of the board, a specific portion of the board. Do we want to kind of you know uh, focus on specific committees of the board, like the audit committee and the compensation committee, and say there you can't have a tenure of more than a specific amount of years. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility and that's the beauty of, um, of, of term limit. in my in my view, you don't have to have one size fit all, you can really tailor it specifically to the industry, specifically to the company. But the benefit is, uh, and I think the benefit is not just diversity, obviously diversity will, uh, um, the data shows that diversity is likely to improve if companies adopt term limits, but it also will improve other facets of the company. It will. Imp- likely to improve the independence of the board it is likely to introduce um, uh, you know, a new generation of directors that it might be more connected to the needs of the company in the you know ever-changing environment. So there's a lot of other benefits to term limits in addition to diversity. Um, I think this project highlights the specific impact of diversity, but uh, we shouldn't forget the other benefits that term limits may have on companies.
0: Right, the calcification of some corporate boards where it seems like they people have been on there forever, and yeah. they, it's hard to get new blood in there. Sometimes there's another yeah.
1: There are a lot of boards where you don't see a lot of transition. On average, I think. Uh, only five percent of the directors um, change position you know there's only five percent of new positions of directors a year so it's a very small number and um, you know even if you had all of those positions filled by uh, uh, diverse people it will take a lot of time to you know to get a uh, corporate America, um, to have a significant change. So if we increase the number of uh, positions that open over a year, we obviously will be able to do it quicker and more efficiently.
0: Great. And where can people find out more about your work?
1: Yeah, so people are invited to uh, either um, go into uh, my faculty faculty, um, uh, profile and there's a link to uh, the SSRN where all of my academic studies are published and um, also uh, uh, they can email me if they have any specific questions
0: great and you're on twitter as well i am on twitter all right at Y nilly is that it correct oh i i should know that off the top of my head i'm, I'm impressed yeah <laughs> i'm impressed with myself thank you <laughs> well as always uh, we'll be sure to link to all of professor Nilly's scholarship on our podcast page as well just to make things a little bit easier that way a big thank you to professor nilly for joining me again today i hope we can have you return again and again and again i'm looking forward to having you back again and today we discuss Professor Neely's newest paper, Board Diversity by that Study, co with Professor Rosenblum, and it was published in the Alabama Law Review. As always, thanks to everyone out there for listening and subscribing to the Wisconsin Law in Action podcast. Professor Neely's scholarship can be found on his SSRN page and in the University of Wisconsin Law School repository, which is linked on his faculty profile, as he mentioned. And as I mentioned earlier, links to Professor Neely's scholarship is posted along with this podcast at wilawandaction.law.wisc.edu. You can subscribe to the Wisconsin Law and Action podcast on the Apple iTunes Store, Stitcher, or Google Play, or find our full archive at wi-lawaction.law.wisc.edu. Thank you for listening. Join us next time as Professor Tony Brio sits down with me to discuss her newest article about the child support debt bubble. Till then, happy researching.